What up, Nurse Gang? Your girl, APRM Beauty, has finally arrived to the podcast cookout, and there is no turning back now. Take this journey with me of connection, advocacy, and empowerment. From deeper talks on the latest nursing in the news segments you're used to on TikTok, to amazing guests sharing their stories and experiences of struggle and achievement in nursing. Listen, we are in this to have fun. We are in this to support one another because at the end of the day, we are in this together. Let's go. What up, nurse gang? Welcome to another episode of the We Are In This Together podcast. I'm here today with my my good friend, Stacy Thomasons, right? Did I say your last name right, Stacy? It's just Thomas. You're adding too much to it. <laughs> it's just Thomas. Why did I think it was Thomasons? It's just Thomas. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. Where did I get the sins from? Like I have you saved on my phone as Thomas. Well, whatever. So what is going on now? Stacy is the healthcare health insurance guru. And this is a conversation that needs to be had. I was telling her this. I said, this is a conversation that needs to be had. So Stacy, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. So, um, I have been in the health insurance business for 16 years. So I have done everything from working with the large corporations. Um, I've been a broker working for like a bunch of supplemental ancillary products. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I am working primarily with United healthcare. Um, but with open enrollment coming up and things like that, I am able to help with the marketplace and things like that. Um, and it's definitely changed over 16 years. Um, the game is definitely different. So it's constantly evolving, constantly having to adapt to the changes. And it's it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. It has been a wild ride. So when you say the healthcare insurance game has changed, what what has changed about the healthcare insurance game that 16 years ago, it's nothing like that now? What has changed? So I'll give you an example just for myself, right? Like when I got my first job out of college, I worked for an insurance company mm-hmm. and my health insurance was, I paid $45 a month or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. Um, and had like a $150 deductible no co-pays. It was great insurance, PPO. Like it was, it was just wonderful. And so you've kind of seen the evolution happen of, I mean, you talk about this all the time. The healthcare system is broken, right? There, there are so many flaws within the healthcare system and not only on your side with the nurses and physicians and facilities, Mm -hmm. but we see it on our side too. Um, so it's like this, this ripple effect of you have providers and hospital systems that are charging insurance companies exorbitant amount of monies on claims and kind of inflating those bills. So the insurance companies are seeing claims go up, especially with the introduction of the marketplace and Obamacare with having to have, you know, they have to insure everybody. They can't deny anybody with pre-existing conditions. So you can come in terminally ill and that insurance company is responsible to pay your claims for your illness. Wow. So these insurance companies weren't exactly prepared for that, right? So they saw this huge influx in claims. 
what happens when an insurance company starts to lose money? They're going to raise premiums. Benefits are going to decrease. And it's just going to continue on like that year over year until, and I mean, all of this stuff is above our pay grade, right? Like you can't yeah. change the the hospital system. I can't change the health insurance system. It's just becoming a very, very flawed system. And unfortunately, the people who are paying the biggest price are the consumers, mm -hmm. the patients, the nurses, the health yeah. insurance agents. Like, I mean, we're not on the front lines exactly like you are. But we hear it all. And it's it's a it's a sad thing to watch, honestly. Wow. And so, you know, healthcare insurance is everything, right? We we talk about that a lot. And now you just said with Obamacare, everyone has to be insured. Now let's tap into that mm -hmm. because I was reading something last week that said there's still like twenty two million Americans who don't have insurance. So now if 20, everybody, 22 million Americans with no mm -hmm. insurance. So now if everybody needs to be insured, let, let's break that down. Why don't people just go to the marketplace and, and get insurance? What's the misconception about Obamacare? So the misconception is, again, that every year um, it's supposed to be affordable, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you don't fall within those financial thresholds that they deem um, it's like 400% of the national poverty level is what you have to be at. Wow. You are going to qualify for a smaller or no subsidy. If wow. you're middle America making decent money, but you're still kind of living check to check, mm -hmm. you may not qualify for a subsidy. And a lot of people can't afford the premiums that are on the marketplace. Um, I mean, some of those premiums are in the thousands for families and even like the older people as they get closer to Medicare age, but not quite there yet. I mean, they're in the nine to, you know, thousand dollar price ranges if they don't qualify for a subsidy by themselves. That's so, and wow. Mm. It's That's crazy. Insanity. It's flawed. It's really crazy because. You know, when people heard, oh, free, free healthcare for all Americans. People mm -hmm. assumed you're just going to waltz in there. We're all going to have healthcare and it's going to be free. Some of those policies, like you said, you could be paying a thousand dollars a month for healthcare. You could, you know, that's, that's insanity. There's no, oh, here, here, you get a card, you get a card. We all get a card. Everyone has mm -hmm. an insurance card. So that's not the Affordable Care Act is really not that affordable. Now, <clears throat> there's been a lot of talk lately. So and with this Obamacare and Affordable Care Act and new insurance claims and people, mm -hmm. you know, getting insurance, a lot of providers. And I've seen this myself where my own provider, my primary care physician, he was he was going under and had to merge with a bunch of other primary care physicians and go under a big corporation because he was like, I just can't run my own practice anymore. So we're yeah. seeing where it's more like the it's not personal anymore with healthcare, right? Like, I don't I just don't feel like it's personal anymore and <clears throat> excuse me I was reading something last week that said um something that happened at Yale and they said when people come in to be triaged most of them don't have primary care providers and it's so funny when you ask people that hey tell me who your providers are what doctors do you want to make sure are in network and they're like what? I go to urgent care for everything. <laughs> or I go to like the minute clinic at CVS. 
or whatever it is, they don't have an established primary care physician. So what happens is you have like these willy-nilly medical records all over the place with doctors that you don't have a relationship with and they're slapping stuff on your medical records that follows you. I mean, that's on yeah. your MIB. If you go in and say like my, I'm having heart palpitations, I'm short of breath, like that is going to go on there. And I mean, you're flagged with a heart condition. You're flagged with an issue. And like wow. I said, I mean, if you're looking for health insurance, life insurance, mm -hmm. that's underwritten, these people are faced with, sometimes you got to go back in and then you have to try to find these doctors that you went to and get them to remove that stuff. And they're like, well, no, it's said in my notes that you, you know, had heart palpitations and were short of breath. So that's what's sticking in your file. Wow. Um, <clears throat> then you can't get a policy. Now, there's been a lot of talk lately. Um, there's been a lot of groups out there that are saying we want transparency in healthcare, right? That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. People are saying, I go to the hospital, right? Say I'm I'm not somebody with insurance. How do I know if I go in the hospital? How do I know how much an x-ray costs? How do I know how much this costs? Because there's no prices. We don't know where do they get these numbers from? They just charge us. And where do they get the numbers from? What do you say to that? So there's not a menu. And that's the unfortunate thing, right? You should mm -hmm. know when you go into your physician, this is what I'm faced with. This is my worst day. This is what I know is going to happen. Yeah. When you go into ER, I know if I'm getting, you know, a bag of saline and all of that, I know exactly what it's going to cost me. And they're not just like, oh, hmm, you have Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO unlimited benefit <laughs> plan. We're going to charge you $912 for a bag of saline. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of what it's grown into is, is that crazy mentality of, well, you have health insurance, so we're going to, and I, I might be stepping out here and making an accusation <clears throat> that's not exactly a hundred percent true, mm -hmm. but if you negotiate a cash price, your cash price is a lot less than what they are billing the insurance. What they're billing the insurance for. And do you think that they'll ever truly give up that pay transparency? No. It's never going to happen. Healthcare is too trillion dollar business it's a it's a it's such a corrupt system from and from the providers to the companies to the insurance companies to big pharma i mean big pharma is a huge problem right now with you know some wow. of the prices they're charging for prescriptions and some of these prescriptions are things that people need to live, to wow. literally carry on with life. And it just seems impossible that it's so difficult for them to find the resources to help them get these prescriptions. Yep. And I remember years ago, those would be the cheaper prescriptions, right? Oh, my blood pressure pills. I'm only paying $5. Yeah. Even if I Now people are like, I can't afford my blood pressure medic. I can't afford my diabetes supplies. I can't afford mm -hmm. my COPD machine. It's like, yeah. It is the so diabetes hard. medications are crazy right now. They're expensive right now. Why do you think it's you insane. think that's because of Ozempic? So Ozempic and Manjaro, um, you know, it's kind of like a trend right now that they're yeah. the big weight loss pills. And yeah. um, so they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. What? Oh what? Yeah. yeah. Oh my so preying on people's 
preying on people's low self-esteem, wanting to lose weight fast, right? Let's jack this price up to seventeen, eighteen hundred, because we know people want this. That's they terrible. know. Miss stay-at-home mom in suburbia is going to pay 1600 bucks <laughs> a month so she can lose her extra 20 pounds yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and oh keep up God. with her physique. Yeah, it's crazy. It is so crazy to me. That is terrible. See, when you get to talk and you find the ins and outs. Now, let's talk about another trend that we're seeing. And this is how me and you developed our relationship yeah. Nurses being stressed out with working for organizations, feeling like they're abused and wanting to fly free. But what keeps most nurses at the jobs that they're at, right? Benefits, health insurance, because we're clearly talking about how important it is to have health insurance. Mm -hmm. So now you're seeing the influx of nurses saying, you know what? I want my own. I can afford to pay my own mm -hmm. policy. I'm going to get my own private insurance and I'm going to fly free that way. And then no one's no one's holding me down. So that wasn't something that was going on 16 years ago. Most people had insurance through their jobs. So you're seeing a lot more people get private policies. Now let's talk about that, about nurses getting private policies. Yeah, nurses and just people in general, you would be surprised how many conversations I have when they're like, okay, I'm on COBRA and I'm paying $2,500 a month, right? Because mm -hmm. their employer's no longer subsidizing it. What are my other options? Well, you have the marketplace, you have a private option, or you can stick with your COBRA option. Um, and people are like, private? I didn't even know that was a thing. What is that? What is private health insurance? And they just wow. don't know. Yeah. And like knowledge is power, right? We, we all know that. Knowing your options and knowing what you have available to you is so powerful because you can leverage so many things. You're not yeah. trapped to your job because of health benefits. You're not trapped to a certain provider. You're not even trapped to, if you're going to stay at your job and your benefits are super expensive, Blue Cross Blue Shield, I've seen a ton of insane rate increases with group policies. Wow. And you're not stuck with that. You have, you have options, you have choices. Um, so I think just empowering people to have that knowledge behind them to know that you do have options. You do have choices. It's not, it's not a one size fits all by any means. It's not a one size fits all. <clears throat> you do have options. Now let's talk about the underwriting process. <laughs> So yeah, one thing people don't go. know is like, listen, you, okay, you got, you have options, right? But you're not just going to, you know, whip out the money and say, well, here, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm purchasing policy A, give it to me. No, there's a process. Now let's talk about something that people might not know. And that's the underwriting process. It's like yeah. getting private health insurance because I have it myself because I went through the underwriting process with Stacy, and it's like applying for <laughs> a mortgage. It's insane. And you know, we have to be transparent. I'll tell people yeah. what that process is, is like. Yeah. I mean, you, it is, it's crazy. Like you would think that you're about to like adopt a child yeah. or give away your firstborn <laughs> or whatever. Yes. Like it, it is, it's an insane process, but how that works is so with certain private plans, you do medical underwriting. Mm -hmm. And the theory behind that is, is that if you can get through our medical underwriting, you're going to qualify for a plan and this insurance company is essentially insuring a healthier pool of people 
-hmm. So their risk to claims is lower Mm -hmm. so they can keep premiums competitive. Mm -hmm. So where you see group insurance creep up and up and up year over year, they're not having that because it's not based on a group. It's based on you a hundred percent. So it's great for the people who can qualify for it. It breaks my heart when I have someone who cannot qualify for it. Um, it, it really does. Like, because not everybody's being... going to qualify, right? It's like not, not everybody's going to qualify. Qual- what disqualifies people? Um, so there, you know, the major, major things that you can think of: diabetes, mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. Um, major heart issues, mm-hmm. brain issues, spine issues. Um, that's just a very high claim risk to an insurance company. Um, so, and it's not that someone who had breast cancer, let's say could never qualify again. Um, if they have Mm -hmm. been in remission for 10 years, they can certainly look at another, um, another option within the private market and, and potentially get underwritten. So it's, and those are the things that just kill me, right? I never and I know you get this, like, I feel what people feel. Mm-hmm. I care so deeply about people and mm-hmm. putting them in the right place for their, their financial situation. And I know the marketplace is difficult, high deductibles, high out-of-pocket maximums, yeah. small networks, and it's just difficult. I want to put them in the best place possible for their financial well-being because that's so important. Um, so. I go through it with my clients when they get declined making that call. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to be the one to give the bad news, you know, because health insurance is so important. Now, what's the difference between a private underwritten policy versus a policy that's super expensive on the marketplace? So the difference is going to be lower deductible, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of states just don't have PPO options on the marketplace, mm-hmm. especially for your nurse crew, like your nurse following that are travel nurses, PRNs doing stuff like that. Sometimes they're traveling all over the country doing, doing those jobs. Yeah. And if they have a plan in North Carolina and they go to California with a marketplace plan, they have no coverage, nothing. Wow. Really? Yeah. Nothing. No doctors. No. I mean, if they have an emergency, they may make some sort of an exception, but even then they're looking at 50% of their medical bills with no maximum out of pocket. If they get out of network. Wow. Terrifying. Yeah. So even though it's, you know, it's America's healthcare plan, this marketplace Mm -hmm. You have to stay like in your designate, like wherever your state is. How do they explain that to me? So a lot of the plans are HMO. Mm-hmm. Um, so what an HMO is, is a health maintenance organization. HMOs are very geographically restricted. So typically like your county and your zip code and like the contiguous counties and zip codes will be in your network. Okay. Anybody who travels for leisure, travels for work anything like that, you could potentially run into a situation where you're out of network just by, I mean, I'm in Texas. So going from Dallas to Austin, Texas, 
I'm out of my network. Really? Yeah. Just like that in the same state. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's why you try to go for the PPO because PPO, you can be anywhere in America, right? Yeah. Nationwide. Are PPOs more expensive? Yes. Because <laughs> you're paying to but be you, nationwide, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with health insurance, it is truly you get what you pay for, right? I mean, you it is. what you pay for. Now, how how high have you seen deductibles? Now, explain that because we, like, we're talking the, the insurance talk, but some people might not know what you mean by a deductible. So an insurance plan yeah. deductible means what? So the deductible is what you have to satisfy before your health insurance kicks in and starts paying anything. Um, so on the marketplace, you're going to see like the starting, okay, normal deductible on the marketplace is $9,100. What? So that for an individual, $18,200 for a family. What? Yeah. And then if you go private, I mean, you can build them from 2,500 to 3,000, 5,000, 7,500, 10,000, however you want to do that. But the difference is on the private market, a lot of those plans are going to pay, have first dollar benefits. So they're going to pay for your services, like your doctor's visits, yeah. your, you know, all of those things kind of your day-to-day -day stuff before you satisfy your deductible. Your deductible really only comes into play for hospitalizations, surgeries, um, the big kind stuff. of that major, yeah, the big stuff that you would think of, okay, I know I'm going to come out of pocket five, six grand for this, and then insurance is going to carry everything else. Wow, so yeah, and then- was, So if you're on the marketplace looking for insurance, you probably surely mm -hmm. don't have 18 grand laying around to, to try to put up before they start paying. Wow. That and think about that. If you're not qualifying for a subsidy, you're paying, I don't know, let's take a family of four that, mm -hmm. you know, makes enough money that they don't qualify for a subsidy. Mm -hmm. You have an $18,000 deductible. You're probably paying anywhere from $1,500 to $1,800 a month for your wow. plan that wow. you can't even use until you've satisfied $18,200. And then on top of that, you have an out-of-pocket maximum for, for an individual of $9,100 again. Wow. And $9,100 or an $18,200 for the family. So you're staring down $36,400. That's insane. That you would have to come up with on top of your premium. That's insane. In that case, it's like, why even have, you know, that's not good right. insurance. Now, 11-1 is what? What's the big, what's going on on November 1st? Girl, it's open enrollment. And um, that <laughs> is open when, enrollment? <laughs> um, it's when I run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, it is when the marketplace opens up mm -hmm. and everyone health conditions, pre-existing conditions, anything, they can enroll on the marketplace. So that goes from 11-1. Um, it's supposed to go until January 1st. They usually mm -hmm. extend it to like January 15th. Don't, that's not gospel. Um, that's up to the government for mm -hmm. however long they, spend, they decide to um, extend it. We've had to go all the way until May before, <laughs> so wow. there's wow. no telling. There's no telling what they'll decide to do. Um, so but eleven one is your chance to get insurance if you don't have it, and you you know, 
you know but now since we're on this podcast talking we know that there are other options besides the marketplace but if you want to go to marketplace you can (laughs) open enrollment is in november and try to get there on november 1st right try to start looking for your insurance on november 1st yeah i mean within the first couple weeks because we want to make sure that obviously we have a plan in place for you that's going to start january 1st Mm -hmm. um but what it also opens up is the discussion, right? More than, I think I read something the other day that said like more than 78% of Americans are shopping for health insurance between November and December 31st. So it opens up these discussions, right? This is a hot time for us to be able to educate everybody that we come in contact with that yes, it's open, open enrollment for the marketplace, but oh, hey, by the way, If you're healthy and you don't qualify for a subsidy and and not even help, you don't have to be perfectly healthy. You can have hypothyroidism, you can have migraines, you can have, I mean, it's not somebody that needs to be like tip top fitness instructor condition, (laughs) you know, like every blood panel is completely perfect, Yeah. yeah. um, but in reasonably good health, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is the time to educate them. You don't have to go to the marketplace. You can Especially get if you're insurance. not qualifying for a subsidy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's still expensive policies. Now, if you miss the deadline and you don't get in by the time the government closes, closes it, you have to wait until there's no exceptions to the rule. You have to wait until the next open enrollment. Open enrollment is only once a year? Open enrollment for the marketplace is once a year. So if they miss open enrollment, um, they have to have a qualifying event. So, and that will qualify for them for a special enrollment period. So got divorced, moved within, and I believe, I don't know if they're changing it this year, um, but they have to move like a hundred miles away from where they lived before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the divorce had to have resulted in them losing their health insurance, not just, wow. I got a divorce. Now I need this. Um, and then if they lost their job and that caused them to lose their health insurance and COBRA is just too expensive. Uh, I mean, there's a few things that, that will qualify for them for it'll a special be stressful enrollment and period. You gotta prove it. It'll be stressful. Mm-hmm. And you have to prove that you qualify. So yeah. if you need yeah. insurance, get in there and open enrollment or start searching for a private policy. Now, how important is it to have health insurance in America? So again, I'll go back to, I know you see it. I know you see patients come through with no health insurance. Medical bills are just a creeping on up there. Um, And if you can Google it any year, any time of year, looking at multiple sources, the leading cause of bankruptcy in America is medical bills. Wow. It's not necessary. It does not have to be that way there, there are options. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I mean, that's so powerful. And, you know, I have a lot of conversations where people are like, I'm healthy. I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm going to be fine. It's good. Like I barely ever go to the doctor. That's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. I love that for you. But if a map truck runs a red light and hits your car, yeah, yeah absolutely your auto insurance is going to kick in and pay something, but it's not going to be enough. Most, most Americans are underinsured on their automobile insurance. Yeah. And 
it will bankrupt you. It will bankrupt or, you. It's not going to be enough. Or then, <clears throat> excuse me, then something like COVID hits and you're like, yeah. oh, you know, I was never, you know, I'm healthy. And then boom, COVID hits and you're getting, you know, ICU bills, you, you survive it. And you're like, wow. Yeah. You know, the yeah. medical bills are so expensive. So you need to get that health insurance, like invest in healthcare insurance. It's very, very, very important. And you can go out there and get it. Now let's talk about, um, so you, you promote one healthcare insurance company. Now let's talk about, let's kind of talk about your opinion on that. Which companies are the best insurance companies out there? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it depends on the day. It really does. So I will say everybody has their, their pros and cons. So Blue Cross Blue Shield has gotten really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. Really expensive. And I can, really expensive. I can go into my theory on why, um, but they're just very expensive. And I don't think that they're any better than United or Aetna or Cigna or some of these other larger carriers that, that are out there. But they're super um, popular, right? Cause even me, well, you Blue talked Cross, about this. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Blue Cross Blue Shields girl. Like I yeah. don't want United. I I want Blue Cross Blue Shields. And then when you broke it down to me, like, you know, you're, it does, there's no difference in Blue Cross Blue Shields it, yeah. than it is like, and then you start seeing it like, wow, I thought I had the insurance black card. I'm like, I got Blue Cross Blue yeah. Shield. I got the, the creme de la creme, you know, and I can only yeah. stay with them. It's, it's no different than having United Healthcare and Aetna, but Aetna used to be the giant, right? Or was it United? Before Blue Cross started shining, it was Aetna? I mean, Aetna has always been pretty big. They've kind of remained steady, right? Mm -hmm. United and Blue Cross Blue Shield, I feel like kind of toggle back and forth for like, who's the big boss dog? Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield got on the marketplace immediately. Like upon mm. its conception, they were on the marketplace. So that leads to my point of they were immediately not prepared for the influx of, we have cancer patients, terminally ill people getting on our plans that have paid potentially nothing in premiums. It's being wow. subsidized by the government. And we're paying millions and millions and millions of dollars in claims. Like, screw, what do we do? How do we mitigate this? Um, so we so, raise the prices on our consumers. Like, yep, the people that yeah. are that are paying, now you're going to be paying yeah. a, a higher amount um, monthly. So basically they're all, they're all kind of the same, right? No one is super better than the other, right? Yeah, and you'll have areas where like Cigna is more predominant. Um, Cigna has a big presence in like the um the southeast areas mm -hmm. the carolinas um united healthcare is pretty big everywhere and then of course you have the anomalies right like kaiser permanente is really big in california and you see what's going on with them right now like how's their insurance they're on is it good um i've never been on it but um <laughs> i mean kaiser permanente does not work everywhere right so it's not going to be um we had a huge influx of californians move to texas mm -hmm. this you know and over the last few years like with the pandemic and everything else mm -hmm. and um 
their organizations were shutting down and letting them work remote. Well, they were like, okay, well, we can move out of California. We don't have to live here anymore and pay crazy amounts for our homes and taxes and everything else. So they move here to Texas and are like, oh, dang, no one takes Kaiser Permanente here. It's a very geographic, it's still a PPO, but it's very geographically restricted. Wow. So they're going to their employers. Like I live in Texas and I go to these doctors and tell them I have Kaiser and they look at me like I have three heads. So their doctors were paying for them to get on private plans and, and, you know, just go a different route because Kaiser's not recognized really nationwide. Um, The Cygnus, the Aetna's United Blue Cross Blue Shield. Those are going to be like your nationally recognized brands where, um, it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to find a doctor. They're in PPOs, all of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they all have PPO options available. All right. So now, so you have, you know, you've helped a lot of nurses get private insurance, right? You see a lot of nurses getting that autonomy and mm-hmm. private insurance. Um, so how, how can people keep up with you? How can they, you know, if they want to reach out and want to talk to you about, you know, they're trying to get insurance and they maybe they were ready to go on the marketplace and now yeah. they've heard this and they want to talk to you and see what their other options are. How can people keep up with you and follow you? <laughs> so I feel like that's in your hands. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like you're like Lincoln for bio and everybody's there. <laughs> um, so I do have my calendar link in my bio on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, I believe in complete you know, I want everyone to have as much access to me, especially my clients and people with any questions or anything like that. I want them to have as much access to me as they can, as they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want them calling a 1-800 number. You know this. I don't <laughs> like that. It, it makes me, it, it like makes me crazy to think that maybe I'm a control freak. I have no idea, but I just want them to have like a, a, person to talk to that actually knows their situation and understands them and not just calling a 1-800 number and they're getting a very generic scripted answer. Um, cause that's not always the solution. And I want to be their advocate. I want to be their advocate in their healthcare journey because it is such a broken system. It is a broken you know, system. I, I can't change the world. I can't change everything. And I can't certainly can't change the way the direction that things are going, but I know that I can make an impact for my clients and everybody that I touch, I can make an impact on, you know, just like you guys, I I mean, y'all, y'all have a thankless job most of the time Mm -hmm. and all you can do is just try to make an impact on the people you touch and try to make a difference just little by little. Little by little with so, each person. Yep. You can't change the, can't change the system, but you can change the people you touch. So yeah. you can keep up with you at Stacy uh, Thomas on IG. Now you, you're on Facebook too, right? You have a Facebook presence there. What's your Facebook? Is it Stacy yeah. Thomas? So they can so, keep up with you there. Yeah. So I'm Stacy Thomas, S-T-A-C-Y-T-H-O-M-A-S-I-N-S mm-hmm. on Instagram um, health insurance with Stacy on TikTok. You'll be very underwhelmed when you see my TikTok. I don't post <laughs> anything. Um, and then I, I'm just Stacy Thomas. I'm in Frisco, Texas on Facebook. 
Um, do you okay. want me to give out my phone number or email? Or, <laughs> what am I supposed to girl? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, don't give out your phone number and your email. They'll they'll go to your uh, they'll DM you if they want insurance. But yeah, yeah. all you know. We're we're on this this healthcare we're on this healthcare journey, right? We're all just trying to figure it out, but health insurance is a big piece of it because it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, even if you're even when you're going to a, a new job, right? Say you're say you're somebody that is going from one job to the other and that period where your insurance stops and then your next job is like, Okay, it's gonna start again in thirty you're you're like terrified for that thirty days, like, Oh my god, I don't even wanna get yeah. in the car and drive on to do anything because I don't wanna get sick. I can't yeah. get sick. I don't have insurance. It's terrifying <laughs> not to have insurance. So imagine not yeah. having it just Every day of your life, you just don't have insurance. You just don't go yeah. to doctors. And I just yeah. think um, you have to have insurance and you have to get into like preventative health care too. like yeah. make sure, you know, you get out there and you get yourself a primary care provider. And another thing that you said on here, Stacey, that people need to look out for running to urgent care centers, right? It might be easy for that moment, but if you get slapped with a diagnosis, oh, chest pains, heart palpitations, high blood pressure, yep. obesity, things like this, that they just, you know, slap on your chart. They're only going to see you for that moment. They're not your long-term provider. Now, you know, years later, you got your life together. You're trying to get private insurance and they're like, wait a minute, you got a heart condition. You're mm -hmm. obese. You got to like, hey, yeah. I was just five pounds overweight. I wasn't obese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, now yeah. we can insure you. And then you're like, well, I'm trying to get up. That just was a, you know, that was a doctor that was working here. He was yeah. per diem, moonlight, and he's not here anymore. And then you're chasing somebody down. So it's be intentional with your health care. Be intentional yeah who you choose to go to for providers, what they're putting in your charts, the importance of looking in your own medical records to see what people are saying or putting. It's free. It's free. You can go to the Medical Information Bureau, mm -hmm. order your report for free. You can see every doctor that's named any kind of a condition for you for free. Oh, wow. And get ahead Drop of that it. again. Where should people go to get their medical records? M medical Information Bureau. Um, so if you go on there, you can order your free MIB report mm -hmm. and you can literally see what doctor has diagnosed you with what, I mean, I've had people say their doctor diagnosed them with bipolar disorder. And they're like, <laughs> I am not, wow. I'm not bipolar. Like what the heck I was sad and having mood issues because my parents died or whatever the thing, you know, it was situational yeah. anxiety, but you just went to this random doctor versus someone that you had an established relationship with that knew exactly. you were going through a situational thing and they ran with it. And now you're stuck with that diagnosis forever or fighting, trying yep. to get it off. Yep. All right. So you heard it here first. Thank you, Stacy, for coming yeah. on my podcast. You're always a pleasure as yes, usual. And you guys keep up with Stacy and start putting yeah. your healthcare first. Yeah, and I'm going to be very intentional. Thank you for tuning into another episode of We Are In This Together. Make sure to follow me everywhere at APRM Beauty or click the link in the description. Until next time, later.